Hello, welcome back. Thanks for being here. This interview was exceptional. I was honored to visit Orgnostics Company headquarters in Belgrade, Serbia. Luca and Igor hosted me, and I met many members of the team, and it was a wonderful experience. And you'll find out why by listening to this interview. Uh, what they're doing is unique. It's inspiring. Uh, I am more than bullish on the future of people analytics with the likes of Luca and Igor uh, leading the way. So hope you enjoy our discussion, and please check back as there's more to come. Hi, I'm here with Luca and Igor, the founders of Orgnostic here in Belgrade. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Very good, Alan. Great. Great to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be talking with you, excited to be here in Belgrade. So my first question right off the bat, why'd you do it? <laughs> you know, you have a great solution. You shared some insights on how you're approaching the market with me earlier today. And, you know, I'm excited for you. But, you know, what was the inspiration? This is not an easy task that you took on. I mean, the, 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 the whole story, I think, started with, with my own frustration in my previous life. And that was, uh, I was basically leading a, a, an HR function in a, in a growing company, in a startup. We were moving from extremely fast, from like 200 employees when I joined. By the time I left, we were like 1,600. And when we were around 300 to 400 employees, we already started playing with the idea of actually connecting all the data and making decisions that are based on facts and not the gut feeling, right? And the reason for that was like there was a very uh, strong business case for us. We were uh, running a remote operations at the time as well. Uh, and uh, we were having a bunch of these hiring activities that were completely decentralized, right? So for us to be able to make decisions on the quality of hire and people development, uh, um, a lot of junior managers that were being promoted into, into roles, we needed to have a certain central system from which we can kind of see what's going on so that we can deem properly to uh, intervene and to give uh, advice and help out because that was a scalable way of doing it. It was impossible to actually uh, build people ops in every single location where we were hiring people. So, so that was the that was the business case for us, and we started we started building internally a solution because at the time we didn't have that many options that were out there. And it was just an excruciating process, you know, of just connecting all the different sources of data. We were using an HRS and ATS. We had performance management system that we were applying, but there was a lot of spreadsheets sheets uh, work that was going on and then on top of everything was the surveys and the surveys were always giving us uh, uh, hell of connecting the employee experiences with the rest of the data and this is when I started thinking you know it, it shouldn't be this hard <laughs> it shouldn't be this hard it shouldn't be this expensive uh, it shouldn't take this long because we're never going to be able to prove the value to top management if we are going to take a year a year and a half to actually build something and present uh, it's just uh, not going to be as relevant anymore. And this is when I started playing with the idea of solving the barriers to entry, you know, that kind of uh, ability to uh, navigate around the data engineering part so that you can get things out of the box, get the things moving very fast to reduce the price of all of that by removing manual work and uh, to educate people as well around it because that was the crucial point that we all constantly needed to do with management and that's how do you read all of this that you're uh, giving us uh, like all these insights, right? And then um, I started talking with Igor and Igor was like a celebrity here in Serbia when it comes to building a, uh, a I'm startups. finding that out. Yeah. <laughs> True fact. <laughs> he doesn't like me to go there. Like, but, but uh, you know, as someone who already built a, a, a very respectable company here in biotech, he was one of the first technical people 
people that I kind of consulted on the on the topic, and the the, the story resonated with him as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm coming from a very different angle compared to Luca, and we have very different backgrounds. But actually, when I became aware of the problem from very different, I would say, angle or position is basically I was CTO and co-founder of a software biotech called Seven Bridges. And when we fundraised the first large round, which was around 50 million USD, we grew a company from 50 people to 250 people in just Belgrade. So, and given the geographical location, I was basically responsible for it. And honestly, we didn't know what we were doing. Like we didn't understand the aspects of culture, whether onboarding process was working or not. And even though I'm, I'm coming from very technical background I felt the same problem like Luca did but it and it, it resonated with me very well and I'm actually very resonated very well with my other colleagues and counterparts that I, I was I was talking to so it was unsolved problem and as Luca said it shouldn't be that hard I mean there should be a system there should be a method to it and actually when I was started talking with Luca it's basically I came to understand that there, there are certain concepts in, in, in organizational psychology and basically how you can measure certain things, how you can understand your, your capacity and how to, how to grow your, your internal people analytics capacity, which I was completely unaware at the time. And, and it would be extremely valuable for me at that point of the time if I had that. So because everything we did was basically, I would say very, we were, I'm improvising along the way. So that resonated and for years forward, we are here. Here you are. Because you all have said, and rightly so, that there is a huge opportunity in the market because many, assuming there's a people analytics capability in place, it's usually one person, maybe two. And there's many in organizations, CHRO, head of talent saying, we're not there yet. And I've been hearing that for 20 years. And then it invites the question, well, if it's a priority, how are you going to get there? And I think there's this confusion in the marketplace that it is super complex, that it's super expensive, that the time to value is way out there. But you've addressed that directly and said, number one, time to value can be almost immediate. And also the fact that if you are a small team, then you can have a means in which to aggregate data from the ATS, the core HR system, the performance system, and have the capability to do surveys, not only enterprise-wide, but per the units that you are most interested in analyzing. So can you speak to your core value proposition and who is the ideal buyer for Orgnostic? Yeah, we started, like our idea was actually serving the population that was two of us previously, right? Mm -hmm. That was that kind of mid-market, growing startups, uh, uh, expanding uh, businesses where you have just a very small people ops or uh, uh, non-existent people ops teams, but a bunch of different tools that they already started using, right? And uh, with that in mind, we created a self-service flow and a freemium platform, right? Uh, in order to build all of that, it required us to actually invest heavily into building the infrastructure uh, for for data through what we call a meta model. Uh, and the meta model, although it doesn't have a very marketing name, is uh, when you think about it, it's like a data dictionary, an ontology of different data structures that exist among HRIS tools, ATS tools, 
performance management systems, which are usually hosting the majority of, of HR data that is controllable, right? Yeah. And uh, in, in what we did is basically we went into like Bamboo HR uh, structure, HiBob, Personios, uh, uh, People HR, Workdays, SAPs, and what we wanted to do is to understand what are the what are the structures, how they normalize, uh, so that we can pretty much reduce the time that is needed for a company to integrate the data. So it doesn't require manual work, uh, uh, which automatically also reduces the cost of the solution because you can now solve this for a mid-market without having a data engineer to work on it. It's literally copy-pasting API keys mm -hmm. and that's it, you can start, right? Yeah. And the whole idea was like, when you, when you address the topic of companies not being ready, uh, you're never going to be ready if you're constantly ruminating about your data quality and stuff like that. I mean, just push it into a system. You can visualize it. You can see where you have gaps. You have data health functionality and stuff like that. So it, it kind of pushes companies to actually start very early with this practice of like, it, I, I compare it to going to the gym, right? It's yeah. like building this habit of actually looking into data and building a data muscle yeah. uh, within the company. And, uh, and, and that's, that's how it started. And what, what, what we realized as, uh, as we were continuing to grow is that we had all these bigger companies right now that are starting to hire head of people analytics that started coming to us and they were like asking, hey, but, uh, you know, can you, can, you solve this, can you solve this issue for us right now? Because they had a very particular case in mind, you know, the company brought a person to actually resolve this and one person is, is going to take forever to actually build everything, you know, to do the data engineering part, to uh, create an ETLs on top of everything. So it requires at least two people work for uh, six months to a, a year and a half, right? Yeah. And, and, and with that in mind, we started thinking, hey, you know, like mid-market is, is great and that's something that can grow with the self-service module. And let's start helping these smaller people ops, people analytics teams that don't have the data engineering capacity, don't have the resources to bring in from the rest of the organization to actually build the infrastructure so they can start visualizing data from HRS, ATS, performance management, and to use surveys on top so they link all of it together and get the time to value much, much earlier so that management could get uh, the benefit from it in the HR team. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, we've talked about this. Like, I love the way not only you talk about it, but the fact that you can deliver on these promises. And I've seen that firsthand. And so, especially when you talk about time to value, you have relationships with Indeed and um, Glassdoor, and you talk with relationship with Denison as well on the culture side. So, Igor, can you talk about the time to, to value, turning it on and making sure that, hey, this is worth the investment right out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that uh, Luca previously mentioned, just building this whole layer of, of meta model and semantic in integrations, basically, and, and ways to normalize the data fast. We're able to connect with with the data sources that we know in a matter of minutes or our hours, depend, depending on how large data, data set you have there, instead of having these complex integrations that last for a week to four, six months six months or not. So I think, and, and to, to that, basically, this is this is something that's also reducing the, not only 
I would say it's, it's not only time to value, but it's also accountability because if you have the method in place, if, if you have certain way of, of, of integrating things and, and well-placed tests around it and, and basically methodology that you're using over and over again, you're not making each integration special. So, so you basically whole model is repeatable and accountable. So, so if you make error, it's going to be visible everywhere. But it might be if you're doing specific integrations with, with the customers, you never know if you if certain integration or part of integration is very, a little bit different than the others. So basically, everybody is looking at the same method, same 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 type of the data. So I would say it's a combination of both reducing the time to value, reducing also the the, the amount of engineering work on, on our side, which which is re really uh, important for us because we are still relatively small startup, but also it, it's kind of a game changer in a way that majority of integrations that we've heard from for less anywhere between four weeks for a simple HRISs or ATSs to um, six to twelve months or even a year and a half, which is basically I would say unacceptable. If you because if you want to answer certain questions or why you're even going to people analytics, usually need to solve problem now, but not in a year or year and a half. So so I think that was that was something that that was that 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 was idea that that we had in our mind that we want to provide value as fast as possible. Yeah. So and 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 we don't want our customers to wait on for for us to finish the integration, but rather try to provide the value as fast as possible. Right. And so you work with existing solutions that are out there and most organizations have one or more, likely two or three or, or more of the solutions that you support. That said, there are you know, the obvious need in the marketplace to understand what people are doing and thinking and feeling. And so employee listening has conjured up the idea that, okay, I'm gonna survey my employees. And oftentimes the survey data is disconnected from the data that we have spoken about, but you've taken that on right out of the gate. So if there's turnover in a certain group that is higher, you can identify how those people are feeling almost immediately. So you're empowering your users to do that investigation is that correct yeah yeah exactly i mean like when you, when you think about like from our perspective uh the whole process and the 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 requirement of uh employee listening is the function of people analytics mm -hmm. uh the reason why you're asking questions is to be able to act upon them and to basically analyze and like synthesize your results and create action plans based on that, right? And the, the whole point of actually having a, an employee listening solution is to, to have it integrated with the rest of the data so that you can have a full picture. Because traditionally what we've seen is that companies would have this like beautiful employee experience engagement, how it's usually called uh, a picture that is sitting on one side, and then you would have people analytics that are doing things with other data, right? Our proposition was like, okay, but let's help companies capture the full employee journey, right? And you're not able to capture the employee journey if you're not combining the experiences with the actual facts of their uh, movement through the history uh, within the company, right? So if, if you're able to capture recruitment funnel, do you still have any sort of insight into your candidate experiences? If you're capturing the like first 90 days of work and turnover within like first 90 days, are you able to correlate that with onboarding experiences of both employees and managers? Mm -hmm. For exit, you know, if you're looking into turnover, experience loss and similar, can you relate that to 
employees' experiences at exit. And, uh, and this is something where we saw the huge benefit of actually allowing companies to, to create these journey graphs, right? Mm -hmm. the, the ability to collect, collect all the, the pieces uh, within a, a puzzle that is comprising majority of the experience. I mean, that's, you're getting me all excited because I, you know, what you're sharing is obviously needed. In many cases, they said, well, we'd love to do that, but. And what you're saying that, hey, there's no buts anymore. This is a conscious decision that you're making to either not do it or if you invest in us, then, then we, we do Exactly. It. And I think for a lot of companies right now, there's a lot of untangling to do as well because they, they put themselves in a position of building these data Frankensteins, right? Yeah. And they need to make a decision to, at certain point, make a cut or try to use some of the data and try to infuse it into a system. Uh, but in some cases, it's just like let's start, let's start clean, right? Yeah. And let's uh, uh, let's start collecting the data in a format that we can actually uh, access and do something with that. And part of the stickiness uh, for some, particularly on the employee survey side, is oh, we have normative data, we have historical data, but you all have benchmarking through Denison, and you have other influencers on your cultural engagement models. Yeah, yeah I mean, my, my story before before starting, uh, like even in the HR space, I was doing some uh, some research in the in, in the IO field as well. I, I had that privilege to work with Richard Hackman at Harvard when I was a, a, a kid, you know, when I was 19, and that kind of got me into this whole space. And Richard and then Ruth Wegman kind of introduced me uh, to concepts like uh, uh, organizational culture and then Dan Dennison, who is a, a, a close friend now. Uh, uh, and both, he was also here in Belgrade visiting a couple a couple of years ago as well. And uh, uh, we had some great time together as well. So we, we started uh, with the idea and the notion that we don't want to build our surveys because there's so much work that has already been done in this space. Uh, why not just procure like the most relevant diagnostic framework so the companies can utilize existing data data sets and uh, research that exists, right? Because Dennison had, like Dan and, and his team done marvelous job with just the connecting the cultural aspects with the financial results that are giving us a theoretical framework around how do you measure culture? And then, you know, uh, Ruth and, and the team with uh, the six conditions, uh, 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 formerly known as a team diagnostic surveys is also a, a, a great theory that has uh, kind of uh, figured out what are the, the, the factors that are statistically increasing the likelihood of teams being more efficient, right? So why not use the already existing knowledge, but, you know, and reinvent the, the wheel every time when you're delivering surveys when there's already so much work that's been done there. So what we wanted to do is basically procure for people that don't have the background in IOPsych you know, some of the batteries that they can use for, for serving or at the end, you know, we also have service specialists in house so we can help them if there is anything that is overly idiosyncratic uh, to address that and, and create like custom. Well, thank you for sharing. And one of the things that I want to highlight that you shared with me is that with some people on solutions, there's either a perception or a reality that once it gets in there, it's trapped. Mm -hmm. And you all have made a conscious decision to effectively stage the data and enable it to go elsewhere if need be. Igor, can you speak to that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so uh, it's, it's basically uh, incidentally residual for what we had to build for ourselves in, in order to, to kind of create this whole layer uh, that, that, that's talking to our front-end application or so to say platform. So we are able also to deliver and give APIs or just data dumps for, for people that actually want to use their data in a way that's already cleaned up. Because 
because there is horrible statistic within within a whole data science community that TTL basically and then just cleaning up the data takes sixty percent of, of the time or more. So basically, what what we want to help and and actually are helping people to do is to use already cleaned up data so they actually they can do their job. As as a people analyst, you probably don't want to spend majority of your time cleaning up the data, figuring out the data sources. You just want to do the jobs job that you're trained for that you know really well so in that in that regard we are able to provide cleaned up data that's basically normal in store schema and and ready to go so, so and and also connected to if you're using tableau or power bi mm -hmm. you'll be able to use our our data so that's that's the beauty of of just everything that we've built prior to actually even building the platform itself. It mm -hmm. was our conscious investment to, to really invest into connecting the data sources, normalizing the data, make everything clean and structured. So both we can use it for a platform, but we can also enable our customers to use the data as well. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, again, if I'm internal, which I used to be, I want to actually facilitate change within the organization. I don't want to be wrestling with, with data. So, you know, taking that off my plate and the plate of, uh, people analytics practitioner, or even if people analytics is my part-time job, which is majority of the case, particularly in small and medium-sized businesses, you know, I can just have this done for me and now I can take appropriate action. So a couple more things before we wrap. You all have taken steps to build a community. You also have educational programs that are not only out within your community, community, but they're within the product itself. Can you speak to that, Luca? Yeah, I mean, the whole community part, I, we were talking about the problem of like, what are the, the barriers to entry? And I think education is a huge barrier to entry. And this is something that we were learning also along the way with the mar mid market. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to liberate the data in a sense that more people are able to understand it, to use it, right? Uh, and the community was one part, building the master classes was the other part. We are um, adding two more uh, of these educational uh, uh, free uh, sessions as well so that HR business partners, people ops leaders can also uh, kind of engage a little bit more with uh, uh, the theory and practice behind uh, behind people analytics. Uh, but what we built also is with the conscience, conscious idea that HR business partners are likely going to be that uh, um, let's say proxy between the people analytics teams or the people ops or even CHROs and uh, um, managers, uh, frontline uh, department heads and similar. We built uh, uh, the visualization framework that is very suitable for someone who is in more of an HR BP role. Mm. Uh, so it, it's basically giving them the set of stories into uh, chapters like headcount, talent acquisition and similar, where we are giving them already uh, predefined insights. Think about it as a, uh, a statistically tested uh, hypothesis that we had on the data. You know, do you have hiring bottlenecks? Do you have uh, pay gaps and, and similar? And we try to explain it in, a, in the plain, plain words uh, to give you visualization components so that you can play uh, with that and to give you then the playbooks. And that's like, hey, here's an inspiration of what other companies have done to address this, right? And every metric that we're pretty much implementing comes with uh, why should you read this? Why is it important? Uh, how do you calculate it? And, and, and again, plain words so that you can explain if you're being challenged about it and uh, where the data is coming from. What are the data sources, right? Right, right. So it, it, like the whole point of it is just uh, enabling more users to be able to 
understand it and use it in a, in a proper in a proper way. Well, gentlemen, we could talk all afternoon or as is coming on evening here in, in Belgrade. But you know, closing comments, Igor. You know, what what excites you about the future, both uh, not only with Orgnostic but in the market? Well, honestly, I, it excites me. Uh, first thing that really got me excited in understanding how similar problems I've seen in biotech and 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 people analytics and how underestimated they were, and what's the actual potential when you when you really look into the data and have the data lying in front of you in a way that you can understand it. So I'm very excited that basically we also are venturing now a little bit more into using the external data. How do you compare all the external data sources like Indeed comments or Glassdoor comments with already pre-existing constructs? How can you provide the value for the customers pretty much immediately? You don't even have to connect to the sources. You can tell them something about their culture, something about their mission, etc. So I'm very excited because it's a very young field, I would say. So, so, and, 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 and I think that organizations uh, are understanding the potential of people analytics uh, pretty much at this particular moment. It was not the case before. So, so what excites me that we are sitting on the brink of, uh, I would say, a bit of a revolution. So, and I hope it's going to be a revolution. I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping I'm not delusional about that. But, but generally, I think that we can all make better decisions, make happier and more functional organizations, that we don't have to go through the same hurdles that Luke and I had to go before, so that at least we can ease the pain and make something extremely useful for, for, the, for the people, for the organizations, for pretty much to change uh, change the course of the industry in a, in a way, at least to a certain degree. So that, that kind of really excites me because um, I'm, 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 I was new to, to the whole space of HR tech with, and, and before I started this whole venture with Luca, but I'm more and more excited as, as the day goes by with, with the potential of it. And I'm more and more convinced that we can do a, a really significant changes in things of how we operate as, a, as a organizations and, and a society in that way, basically. So. So, yeah, um, I could go around it for the whole day. But, you know, <laughs> well, thank you. And I, I'll have to say, you know, having been in this discipline in a focused way for 20 years and even beyond that in you know, going back to my consulting days at EY and I've heard time and again that, oh, you know, this is about to take off. This is going to. And I'll have to say, though, particularly with you all being an igniter or an accelerant that, yeah, I think we are. I, I, things are different now. The way you approach the problem is different than it has been addressed historically. The ease in which to stage the data and get insight is faster, more confidence-inspiring. So now it's a leader decision on whether or not to take this action. You know, and in fact, I believe if a leader doesn't, they're irresponsible. You know, then they're guessing, and they're not. As we talked about, the sample size of one. You know, they're basing on their experience as opposed to really analyzing the system for which they're responsible. So, you know, I too believe that we are, you know, at the advent of a revolution. So, thank you, uh, Luca. Closing comments? No, I, I mean I completely agree with those points. I mean, like our whole, our whole idea when, when we were kind of trying to to put it in, into what we are trying to accomplish is literally, you know, like when you think about it, maybe democratization sounds like a cliche, but uh, just allowing more companies to be able to access and use. Uh, data, people, data, and decision-making process. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's it just you know when when you think about it, it doesn't make sense that sales is data-driven, that the product is data-driven, the marketing, like all the executive leadership functions are data-driven, data and then when you come to HR, 
Well, you know, it's a gut kind of feeling driven topic or hearsays and stuff like that. Like it just it doesn't have to be like that or it, it shouldn't be like that, right? And uh, I think that the potential with this in the next five, ten years, and I hope we're going to be well, the ones that are actually driving these, uh, 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 you know, movements. But I feel that we can make a Bloomberg terminal for human capital data or whatever you want to uh, you want to call it uh, people data workforce uh, uh, data that is just going to allow companies to make better financial decisions as well based on alternative currently alternative data sets uh, because we have more data than ever and we were talking about you know the intangibles revolution and everything that's been happening for the last uh, 30 years well now we actually, since 2019, 2020 in particular, with the digitalization boom, we are now having all of this data and yeah. uh, uh, might as well start using it in the next five years to, you know, help investors make better decisions as well. And uh, and uh, I hope that we are going to be the ones that, or at least, you know, in the community of people that are just uh uh, making this possible. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And sprinkle on the top the need for increased reporting requirements. So it's not only a strategic value, it is a compliance necessity in many cases, and you're enabling that to you know, happen quickly and with confidence. So gentlemen, congratulations on what you achieved. All the best moving forward, and uh, thanks for having me here in Belgrade. Yeah. It's been a blast. <laughs> right. awesome. Be well. Thank you for listening to this member-supported production by Pafau, People, Analytics, and Future of Work. To view or listen to more episodes, please visit pafau.net or follow us on your favorite social media platform. Again, thanks for listening and please continue to make great things happen.